Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Detroit Lions Breakdown Podcast. I'm Joe Kenya. With me, as always, is Eric Schlitt from PrideofDetroit.com. Eric, the Lions coming off of a dominating 40-14 to victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Sunday, going to have they currently have four wins in the last five games. They'll face the Vikings mm-hmm. this Sunday. You got a, what are your thoughts? Well, first of all, it's nice to talk to you again. Yeah, uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm missing an action. <laughs> no, it's not your fault. It was mine because I have a massive sickness going through my house that uh, has killed my schedule last week. I spent well, most luckily of it. it only killed your schedule. I, yeah, fortunately, right? It's just my schedule was all interrupted. Um, we could not match. And so I had to do a, uh, I'm sure, painfully dry solo podcast and um and so i'm glad to see you again it's it's nice to uh well it's my honor it it is i'm glad that we are back uh early this week again because i have an incredibly difficult schedule right now and so uh we're a little early so we don't have as much uh up-to-date info as we normally would right uh we're recording on a wednesday instead of a thursday uh, so we're, we've only like seen a couple of things here throughout the week, but, um, you know, look, I, I think we, this is this Vikings team. We kind of know what they are. This Lions They're... team, we kind of know what they are. Right. And well, so, yeah, I, yeah. And, and so I, before we get into that, I think I want to gush over the Jaguars. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. It's yeah. deserved. Well, look, I, <laughs> It's a, uh, it was a, a complete game, right? I mean, like realistically, like they they played as close to a complete game as as we've seen, uh, and, and you know from this outfit, who knows, right? Like this might be the best game that they played, right? The best game um, under definitely the best game under the Campbell regime, right? Um, you know, this was a battle between two teams with the same record who were winning in the same way. And um, it just was a matter of which team was going to step up and show that they were the ones that maybe had turned the corner. And and they, and the Lions talked about this in the locker room too. Um, when I talked to Deshaun Elliott after he was saying like, we were two pretty evenly matched teams and this was a battle of will to see who could come out, uh, you know, and I think it was very definitive, you know, the way that the lions, you know, handled them, that the lions are the team that seems to be ready to take a next step. I think Jaguars showed leading into the game that they've got some promise as well. Um, but I do, you know, think that the lions have a lot going on for them right now, as you mentioned, four out of the last five, Took Buffalo to the final minute, um, and only and lost by three. Buffalo is the best team in the AFC right now uh, by record, right? So, and probably just overall in general. And so, um, it's a lot of positives. And then on top of the wins that they're putting up, they've got health coming back as well, right? Lots of healthy bodies, and and when you have all of the skill players on offense available to you and your offensive line continues to show out. Well, it makes, it makes Goff's job a lot easier. And when he plays with confidence, this is what he can do. He, it's 
top 10 golf right there, right? I mean, that's the golf that they're hoping for. That's the golf they're hoping to see. Um, who knows if this will be the golf that continues to play this way throughout the rest of the year. If he does, that's going to be really comforting for the Lions organization, but he was pretty terrific. Um, well, wait, wait, wait. Do you really think that's comforting for the Lions organization? I guess I guess yeah. the answer is yes, but then mm-hmm. – because they got to have a plan. They, I, I, mm-hmm. I would assume Holmes has some somewhat of a plan. And yeah. I would figure it would be more along the lines of kind of what we've been saying is that mm-hmm. he's going to replace Jared Goff someday. Right? Yeah. That's my guess. Yeah, that, that, I think sure. we're both, for all the things we disagree about, this is one mm-hmm. thing we seemingly agree <laughs> about, that they're going to replace Goff and it's going to be mm-hmm. quote unquote sooner rather than later. Is well, it? I mean, I guess you'll take mm-hmm. it because like, oh, if he's playing great, you know, even better. And we could definitely right. sit on him for year four. You'll keep him around for year f- three. Year three. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Well, look, here's the deal for, from my perspective. If he's playing well, that just gives you options, right? Right. Uh, it, they, it, if he's playing well, it's not going to stop them from taking a quarterback that if they deem that quarterback is a franchise level quarterback, it's not going to change the fact if they uh, don't like a quarterback or they only like one and he's gone. Like we saw a couple of years ago. Um, once the quarterbacks that they like run out, if they're not, if they haven't had the opportunity to get one, then you've got another quarterback. That's a top half of the league quarterback who has the potential to play top 10 and, and that's comforting. And Maybe it doesn't work with your cap the way that you want that, you know, to its maximum capability, but he's not making a ton over an ab- what an average quarterback yeah, no, or, it, or above average quarterback makes. Right. So um, a, a good Jared Goff is only good for the Lions because it only gives them options. And if they think, hey, we can we're going to move on to him from him, he becomes tradable, too. Right. Like there's there's right. just there's there's no downside to him playing well in my, right. in my opinion. And, and that was as good as, as good as he played. Uh, I, and might be as good as he can play. And, and, but that's fine because he just put up 40 points, you know, um, very efficient. He th- threw the ball 40 times yet. His completion percentage was almost 76%. Like that's a, that's an impressive number for throwing the ball that many times, uh, 340 yards, couple of touchdowns um it's interesting i, I put out a survey I, I i'm pride of detroit today um we do a quarterly survey asking is jared goff the quarterback of the future for the lions is um after yeah, four that, yep. uh, uh so after four weeks for those who haven't read the article or haven't voted after four weeks i posed this question and 70% of Lions fans said, yes, he is absolutely the quarterback of the future. And then they had that rough patch in the middle. And I posed it again at eight weeks after eight games. And the overwhelming, only uh, overwhelming, he just plummeted. Like he, it was like 18% said he was going to be the quarterback of the future after eight weeks. So now I've posed it again after 12 weeks. He's coming off his best game. Lions are on a roll. And uh, I'm very interested to see where it goes. My guess is it hovers not quite at 70, maybe a little below um, in that range. Uh, Jeremy set the over under at 65 to see uh, that's, I think that's a pretty good number. Um, But it's it's interesting to see the kind of ebbs and flows of, 
of how his season has gone. But one of the noticeable changes for me was that they scaled back his deep ball and they focused him on making more completable passes. They they're starting to scheme him opportunities to make easy throws and he's making the easy throws, right? He's not, he's not really risking it, but he's also not scared to push it. Right. So he's, he's getting this opportunity to find an easy target or to take a slightly riskier target that really doesn't have a whole lot of downside. Um, in the past four games, he hasn't turned the ball over at all in any capacity. The four games prior, he turned it over seven times. Right. So what you're seeing is this more efficient kind of scaled back high, well, highly efficient, really uh, quarterback who is making plays and not turning the ball over. And that's translating into wins. And so you got to give him credit. I mean, like we both, we, we both agree. He's probably not the long-term solution, but at the same time, it was, that was as good as, as, as good as I've ever seen him play. And he, you know, he had that perfect game a couple of years ago against KC, but that's as good as I've seen him play. So uh, good for him. It's, it's uh, like I said, it's only positive when Jared Goff plays well. All right, let's dig into the injury report. First one's Nate Sudfeld. The illness did not practice on Wednesday. Do you think Nate Sudfeld's kicking himself? Cause you know, he uh, let himself <laughs> get plucked off of the San Francisco practice squad. Oh yeah. Right? No, he was, he was, uh, he was, oh, he was released. Wasn't he? Yeah. 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 So yeah, he can't kick himself. Yeah, but he can probably look at San Francisco and wonder if they regret moving on from him. Um, yeah, they got because... Brock Purdy. He's a youngster. <laughs> he put up some nice college stats. We'll see what yeah, he's got in him. Yeah. I, I mean, Iowa State's a little different than the NFL, but that's yeah, okay. Well, you know, well, <laughs> there's plenty of guys that didn't play at a, sure. at a high level at a big yeah, school. Most, it's not sure. limited. No. Well, right. um, I mean, look, there's a – that. NFC West right now. I mean, look at look at the, the Rams. Their their pick uh for the Lions is looking better every it's day. It's juicier every week. My goodness. Even, um, and them signing Baker Mayfield may only help. <laughs> right. Um well, I think they're so right now the Rams pick is sitting fourth. Yeah. But they've lost Stafford for the year. They've basically lost most of their other superstars except yeah, for i think Jalen ramsey yeah. and uh, no no and way Donald, on robinson right? yeah and donald's not playing um and their backup quarterback is dealing with a big with an injury as well which is why they went and got baker uh espn espn model projects them to finish second which is i think uh that's very 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 nice they will um, get at least one of Jalen carter will anderson or cj stroud that's what I would think. Um, well, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you want to get into that. Now. No, that's, not yet. I, that, that's going to be a fun conversation when we get yeah. there. Um, it would be I, Carter, though, if we were going to dig into that. What one of the three I, I, want. I, Well, is that what you think? Because yeah, I know you, you love I'd the want. big hog. Yeah, yeah I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm right now. I'm not going to disagree with you at all. Yeah. I mean, Carter is a he's a monster. And um, you Michigan fans will get to see him firsthand. <laughs> <laughs> About one month from one month and five yeah. days from now. Yeah, we we saw him last year. He was pretty good then too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yes, all right. We kind of sidetracked there. Yeah, there's a little yeah. there's illness going through the Lions roster right now, uh, which is common because there's illness going through uh, Vikings. Right, the Vikings have like four or five guys out because of illness. Lions have four guys out because of illness. Uh, Sudfeld, you mentioned, and through uh, Kl- the Schlitt household. 
Yeah, it's everywhere. Jeff Akuda also with illness. And, and uh, Deshaun Elliott is the fourth one. Um, oh, he's, he's sick too. He, you got mm-hmm. an ankle injury here. Oh, I do. Sorry. No, you're right. I, I misread that. That's my fault. Um, yeah. So three guys, uh, Sudfeld, Raymond, and Akuda. I expect those guys to be, um, you know, on the I, men by the weekend. Yeah. It's you're you're five days from having to play, right? Or four days from having to play. You're all right. Um, this it, it'll it'll go through quick. Um, yeah. So I, I, I'm not overly worried about the guys dealing with an injury with a, an illness at this time. All right. Uh, well, Deshaun Elliott's ankle injury. Yeah, I misread that. Um, ankle's a little concerning. Um, at the same time, I spent about five minutes like as close to him as humanly possible uh, on Sunday. Like I was, he had, he did a long interview session and I just happened to be like right up next to him. Um, he looked fine. His attitude was fine. Uh, when everyone left, I had a one-on-one and I asked him uh, how his finger was doing. And he talked to me about that. And then I asked him if he was feeling good and he said he was. And so uh, my guess is again, this is just a guess. Um, my guess is this is just like a veteran rest. And I think that's going to be a theme uh, with a few other guys as well. He played hundred percent of the snaps. He's a veteran. He's been playing hundred percent of the snaps. Uh, I think he's just kind of getting a little, a little break. Uh, maybe he did have a little tweak that, you know, wasn't noticeable, but I'm not overly concerned about Elliot right now. Okay. Running back DeAndre Swift ankle injury didn't practice. <laughs> little bit more worried about him because I don't know if that's a re-aggravation uh, because of his history uh, could easily be them managing him, uh, which would make a ton of sense. Cause he, he, he had like 50% of the snaps, right? So that was his, touches um, highest since like week three, right. Or since like the last time the Alliance played the Vikings. Right. So, or even before the game before that, maybe Washington game. I don't think he had as many with that Vikings game. So, um, yeah, I just we don't know. Like, is this them just managing? Is this a reaggravation with Swift? It's it's a little bit more of a coin flip on uh, on which way that ends up playing out. Wide receiver Quintez Cephas foot, and he's on injured reserve, but he started his twenty one day clock. So that's encouraging, uh, different body type at wide receiver, big muscle, physical player. Um, right now you have basically four speed options on the outside, Amon Ra and then Tom Kennedy, and you don't have that kind of physical body. Um, it'd be nice to see him come back. I think that would be probably at the expense of Mr. Kennedy, uh, because he becomes a bit repetitive to what they have in St. Brown and, and Khalif Raymond. Um, Kennedy kind of took a backseat to Jameson this week. And so, or, you know, I think Jameson role is going to grow. That's only going to, you know, he's only going to start stealing from uh, snaps from all the other receivers, except for St. Brown, of course. Taylor Decker, elbow injury, didn't practice. Yeah. I think that's vet rest, right? Um, I, I, he was with the, um, he was with the trainers watching. He was out there. It was uh, that, that, that's again, a gut feeling vet rest on that for, for my gut feeling. Center Frank Ragnow foot injury didn't practice. 
And it's the same thing. Like he's done this multiple weeks. He doesn't practice Wednesday, limited Thursday, full Friday, plays 100% of the snaps on Sunday. He's done that for the last several weeks. And if you want further reassurance beyond that, at practice today, uh, Jeremy told me that they were using Logan Stenberg at center. Mm. And uh, they were doing and, and here's here's how I read that. You're going to if you were worried about Frank not playing, you would have the guy you would want starting center getting starter reps. Right. Like you would put because you're not because you're not worried about Frank not playing, you're just going to plug in your bottom of the run guy and let him take those snaps and then maybe get him a little bit more experience. Um, but if if Frank wasn't going to play, it would be Evan Brown at center or it would be Jonah Jackson at center. It wouldn't be. Logan Stenberg. It's not like Logan Stenberg, who was a healthy scratch last week, is the guy who is going to be, you know, stepping into that starting lineup. So uh, that should re- be more of a reassurance that uh, that Frank should probably be at practice tomorrow. Now, people may have heard that and goes, Evan Brown, why would Evan Brown be playing <laughs> center? He's been out for a couple of weeks, but he was limited in practice yesterday or today. Yeah, yeah. it's a good, good thing. Um Getting him back at right guard would be a huge help. Uh, you know, he struggled earlier in the season, but the last few weeks, especially during the wins, the stretch of wins that they have, he's been playing very well. And so um, getting him back, if we can get him back to that level, he was playing for those first couple of wins over like the the Packers, the Bears, the, the, the Giants, uh, that'd be a huge plus uh, for the offensive line and, and go a long way for the offense too. Uh, guard Coyote Awoshika ankle didn't practice. So he was starting in place of Brown. Skipper and Brown and Vitae. Yeah. <laughs> you, you name it. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. So yeah, like they used Skipper at one point, then they went to him, and then uh, and so I don't know. We'll see. I don't know if he was injured. Again, he played every snap, so you didn't really notice it. Um, could be them resting, could be them he could have had a setback or something uh you know that mildly concerning because he's your probably your priority one interior reserve uh but beyond that I, you know getting evan back would be uh, the much much bigger advantage linebacker Derek barnes knee injury didn't practice if you recall, he went down with an injury during the game and then returned to the game and then played and finished it out so this also smells like a uh, rest because when that veteran rest, he's only in his n- second year, not, not a veteran, but this is something that they do with players that get injured during a game. If, if you get pulled from the game and you have to be examined by the trainer at any point, whether you leave the game or come back, you almost always get Wednesday off. And so uh, that's what that smells like to me is that um, this is just him getting now, look, could he have, had some residual swelling the next day. Sure. Uh, but this historically, this tends to be a, a spot where they're just going to rest a guy who got injured during the game. All right. Let's talk about the Jaguars. Uh, you already, you already mentioned about golf. We talked about yeah. how great he played Sunday and you mentioned that he's not chucking the ball downfield. They're, they're having him make high percentage throws and mm-hmm. at, at worst medium percentage throws. Does it have to do, does it directly correlate with mm. the fact that the offense is more or less as healthy as it's been all season? 
I don't know. Um, you know, like he's he still takes a couple of shots, but he's just not pushing it as as downfield as much. Like he had that really nice forty-one yard throw to Chark, right? Uh, in that first set or second series, right? Something like second or third second. Um, so, but yeah, I think he's just. I think the approach with the Jaguars was we can beat them on these intermediate passes and we'll just carve them up that way. And sure enough, that's what they did. And so what was very encouraging to me was they got a lead and they didn't stop doing what was working. They didn't stop executing the game plan of, of just, you can't stop the mid range throw. So they were just going to throw mid range throws on you all day. And, uh, they never took their foot off the gas, and that was the best thing to see about the entire game. Mm-hmm. No screwing around. They never gave up. Like they never gave in. They never, you know, slowed things down. They they put the game away because you you know you're always sitting there watching the game, going, man, if the Jaguars score here, they're right back into it. And it's like, <laughs> and the Lions have played so well, and it's you know mm-hmm. this one drive turns everything around, you know, and they did it. They 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 kept the, their foot down on the gas pedal, which is great to see, and not. Not every coach knows to do that. You know, a lot of them pull back on the reins or have their team in the mindset where they can, you know, or they start running every play because they're trying Mm -hmm. to drain the clock. Mm -hmm. Never works. I think that works out some of the time. It doesn't work mm -hmm. out all the time. I I think the aggressiveness comes from both Dan Campbell and Ben Johnson too. I don't think it's just like one guy saying, all right, I want to keep going. I think, Ben Johnson's inherent nature is to try and just score. You know what I mean? And, uh, and score, they did on all eight of their uh, competitive possessions, right? The only time they didn't score was when they were kneeling down to win. And um, so when's the but last I also, time the lions didn't punt. Oh, it was like at, at Ford field. The last time they didn't punt was like 1970 or something. The last time they didn't punt, <laughs> It, the last time they didn't punt on the road was a little bit more recent, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but it's still era. no, I think it was like 90s, late 90s or something like. If I they, I thought ESPN put or ESPN, I thought the Lions PR put a stat out about it. But yeah, they like the not the no punting at home. It's it's been yeah a long time. Um, but um, I got sidetracked. Oh yeah, so. Dan Campbell, I think his aggressive nature, I think that's kind of ingrained in him too. And uh, he was asked about that on on Monday and like, that's a Sean Payton thing. That's a Sean Payton influence. And and when he was asked, like, why didn't you take your foot off the gas? And he was like, well, sometimes if you take your foot off the gas, you don't get it back. You know what I mean? And then you got to play the game and you got to figure out like, okay. And so he's like, we just kept going. And, uh, bring that heat in, into this next game too, because this is a team and we'll get into the Vikings in a minute, but it, like, this is a team that if you start to put pressure on them and you start cutting them up, like they, they've been fortunate with some of the ways that they've been able to rebound, but they've been able, but some of the ways, the reasons they happen is because of how teams have approached them and how they've moved away from things. Um, I hope they bring that, I want to throttle you on every play attitude into this game because uh, I think it's only going to benefit them. Um, what else right. happened on offense? Well, Jamal Williams, he's good for a touchdown a game. 
He's at 14, yep. which is uh, second first in place. the NFL. Oh, it's second. Oh, no, no, yeah, first in the NFL, second in Lions history. Yeah, behind Barry. Barry has uh, 15 16 or 16, 16. Six, 16 is the record from uh, again, like 97. Um, Barry's MVP season. Barry, well, Barry's uh, Barry had like, if I'm not mistaken. Single season touch on records, he had like four of the five, four of the top five, yeah. or something like that, right? Um, Did Billy Sims have the other one, yeah, <laughs> yes. Um, and I think Billy's and, and I think Jamal broke Billy Sims' record from like goal to goal, uh, touchdowns as well because Jamal scored on like nine nine times from the one yard line or something ridiculous like that, like right? So, um so he's he's their short yardage touchdown like single season record holder. He's in second place for rushing touchdowns in a single season. Um, he's got five games to go to get two more. You know what I mean? Like he's gonna break that Barry record. I mean, I don't unless mm. you know something happens. Ooh, you like just it just it. <laughs> um, but I mean, like he's he's steady. They they have something in him, and 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 they just lean on him. Like they have all season and they lean on him and he, he produces. Barry Sanders' 16 touchdown season was 1991. The season where they went to the NFC championship game. That makes sense. His rookie year, 89. He also, he had 14 there and that's where Jamal Williams is tied with. Yep. You're right. Billy Sims, 13 back in 1981. And then it's, it's, the top nine are it's all Barry Sanders, two Billy Sims, and now this one Jamal Williams here. <laughs> um, I, look, they've it's working, and it has been working, and it's going to continue. It should continue to work, right? Like it's just it's a part of their offense that they know what to do. They've got an offensive line that moves people, and a and a head down heavy running back who can get a yard. And so they just keep knocking it in and knocking it in and yeah, feeding I mean, the beast. And you're yeah. right about the offensive line. They're probably playing at their best at this point, obviously for the what? offense to be clicking as well as it is. Yeah. And they're only like, they're, they're one, they're only at 80% capacity too, because they're playing guard five and guard six out there yet. They're still just bullying people. Uh, Sewell didn't allow a pressure. Uh, Decker didn't allow a pressure the, the two games prior. Um, like the the Decker Sewell combo is working. Jonah Jackson is an absolute monster. Frank is playing at an elite level through a foot injury. It's just they are a very very aggressive offensive line, and they are hurting people right now. Um, and it's nice to see. It, it's it's it makes things a lot easier because look it it made it made Swift a little bit better too right like Swift's vision still isn't there right like his health may be getting closer but I don't think his vision is quite back to where it was at the beginning of the season but he is even hitting holes he's even you know he has time to make a mistake recover and then uses athleticism to go in another direction because the offensive line is just really bodying people. Right. So, uh, and then Jamal scores or, or Jamal scores and then uh swift scores. So they both get rushing touchdowns in this one. DJ shark had his best game as a lion was at five yeah. receptions, 98 yards touchdown. You mm-hmm. wrote a little something about revenge. 
Well, <laughs> maybe he gets revenge against the Jaguar, but like as of this point, the Jaguars made the right decision to not resign him because oh, he well. only had one good game as a Lion, and yeah. he's been struck by the injury bug. And you know, Certain. it's not like the Jaguar brass is sitting around going, "We shouldn't resign him. He's going to miss several games due to injury next year." Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Well, you know what? Um, he he played well, and he drew their CB one right. And uh, he played well despite doing that. And Chark is going to play a very key role down the stretch because even if he's not putting up close to 100 yards a game, if he's drawing the top corner, it's going to open things up for other people. Uh, It's going to open stuff up for St. Brown. And then, um, you know, it's going to open things up for J-Mo. And then when he gets fully up to speed, uh, Boy, that's going to be something, right? Like he, so Jamo only got eight snaps. Two of them were on kneel downs. Um, four of them were runs, and the other two were he ran two routes and was targeted one time. Got pushed out of bounds by the defender, but the uh, and then the throw was a little bit short and inside, anyways. Um, but they're going to start to turn him loose a little bit more this week, and uh, I'm excited to see uh to see where he goes he may only get 20 snaps but that's going to be 20 fun snaps uh for certain yeah well he's definitely definitely going to be something to watch over the next few weeks um Mm -hmm. not surprising that he only got limited action he's coming back from the injury and they can they can ease him in with how well the offense has been playing yep let's go over to saint brown saint brown had a monster day Four of four on third down conversions, a ton of receptions, a couple touchdowns. And there's this, you know, argument. I don't know if it's an argument, but there's discussion. Is he one of the top five receivers in the NFL? Is he one of the top 10? And to me, it's the, the once again, ebb and flow of the season. And I would mm-hmm. say right now, over the last few games, he's one of the top five receivers in the NFL, but only over the last few games. If you look at mm-hmm. it from the 10,000 foot view, he's, he's one of the top 15 receivers, certainly. I don't think you can pick out nine receivers that are better than him or 10 receivers that are better than him. Like I just don't, I, I couldn't, um, he's a top 10 guy hands down all every day of the week for me. Um, it's really, I mean, like we knew he was gonna, we knew he was good when we saw what he did How down the stretch last open? year. That, that, always right. He's always, he sets people up and that play, that play, that first touchdown, it was, it was he diagnosed so quickly. Like he, they ran a single high and then they pressed him. And so, and then he had the whole, he had the field side open, right? So he was almost at the, at the hash. All he does is he gets outside leverage, runs his guy off and then square outs to the corner. And it's just, it's just too simple, right? Like you can't, it's, it's an uncoverable route basically for that corner that corner would either the the throw would have to be off or the corner would have to have better athleticism and that's going to be hard to come by um in that to make up that big of a of a gap in that short of amount of time it's just too hard to cover and like it's just like that all the time like there was that what he had like a 30 yard pass where he just like arced over the middle right and he got right behind the 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 uh, linebackers and ahead of the safeties they ran the safeties off with chark and then they just ran him over the middle 30 yards down the field and it was like hey look at that and uh that's there that's gonna be there 
that's going to be there with Chark. That's and w- when they start cutting JMO loose. Oh my gosh, the gaps are going to be massive uh, right behind the linebackers. And so this again, this is a defense. If you, re- I don't want to get too far ahead of myself here, but the the defensive style that they run. If you start unleashing JMO deep, you are going to have a big open gaps for St. Brown. And uh, it could be another St. Brown being St. Brown type of day. All right. Let's uh, we'll, we'll talk about that more in a little bit. Flip over to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, James Houston, just uh, limited snaps. And just whenever <laughs> they get him on the field, he just gets a sack. Mm. And it's it's great. And Hutchinson too, and they're making a big deal. They if you take pairs of teammates, they lead the NFL in sacks among rookie teammates. And mm. and uh and the Lions have all these really impressive stats when it comes to you know the rookies piling up stats, but it's also for the simple fact that the Lions play their rookies, you know, yeah. they're all getting opportunities. Um but they're producing. A great sign. Yeah, they're producing. Yeah, that's that's, that's look, he's got three sacks on 17 snaps <laughs> you know Good like rate. that's it if is they would leave him out there the whole game he'd get nine sacks <laughs> um right now he is relegated to the nascar package right where they go four defensive well, ends fine. on the field totally fine yeah. totally fine um with julian aquara on ir uh i did think that houston was going to get a more expanded role um, but I think they were smart to limit him uh, to just that NASCAR package. Uh, they started using Anthony Pittman as the Sam, uh, which again is I think another smart decision because Pittman has that experience. He can cover, he can he can blitz off the edge there as well. Does all those Sam things that they that they like. Um, so they're basically replacing Julian with like two bodies, and, and that's look, that's fine. Uh, you only the Sam is you uh, only out there when you need it, and uh, you and Pittman is a good choice for that in my opinion. And Houston just letting him simply cut pin his ears back and cut loose is just uh, fantastic because he's uh, he's producing. It all starts with that turnover on the on Jacksonville's first play from scrimmage. Mm-hmm. You know they they they're giving up seventeen yard. You know like the. the ETN's got this big run saying, oh man, this might be this is gonna be a tough one today. And then hey, smart defense. They ran up there, Deshaun Elliott, right? Just ripped the ball mm-hmm. right out. And yeah. yeah, that was great. That was a great start. It really set the tone, you know, really, it really was, set up a good Sunday. He was asked in the locker room what he was thinking when um when Etienne was coming at him, and he said uh that Etienne, essentially Etienne thought Elliot was a punk and he tried to test him and he had to show him what's up. So it was pretty funny. He was very intense and, uh, and, and very excited about that opportunity. And it, it, look, he's been very close to getting some turnovers over the last few games. Uh, so it was nice to see him, uh, nice to see him come away with a, with a big force fumble. It's always great when you see players thinking about causing turnovers, wanting to make a play, stripping at the ball and it's good to see especially under the patricia era where there was really was no urgency to force turnovers and you wouldn't see anything like that trying to strip the ball away so i don't know i like when they do that i i felt like 
they actively didn't try and get turnovers during the Patricia era. Like, like we don't want to turn, we don't want to force turnovers around here. Not it was like football. They were, they just, uh, all right. But this defense does, this offense is not turning the ball over. The defense is forcing some turnovers of late and that makes a big deal. That's a big, big advantage. Like they haven't, uh, well, golf, I looked up golf's numbers. Golf hasn't turned the ball over in four games. Um, I don't think they, I don't recall. I, I think Jamal Williams had one fumble, right? That he lost, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was a big one. On Buffalo. The line. Yeah. Yeah, yep. Buffalo, right? Um, but beyond that, I can't really recall anything off the top of my head. Uh, yet they've been picking the ball off and they've been recovering fumbles and forcing them. And like it's, that's a big part. It's a big part of what's helped them be successful. Yeah, Goff, uh, his his last interception was back on... Why am I not seeing this? Yeah, it's been four games without an interception. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That, and it was a complete game. Great on offense, great on defense. Special teams. It's a great day because they didn't need to punt at all. And yeah. uh, Badgley, Michael Badgley, four field goals. They have a kicker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, four field goals, four extra points, uh, NFC Special Teams Player of the Week, and um, quite a long way from where they were the last time they faced the Vikings when they were scared to kick it from 50 with Badgley because they didn't trust him and they didn't know him. He was a new guy, although it is st- still questionable to this yeah. point. Oh, well, you know, certainly. he's an NFL kicker. You could One that had some success, although he did get mm-hmm. you know cut from his previous you know, from- yeah. The Chargers, I don't even remember where he was last. Chargers. Yep, Chargers. Um, Yeah, they, uh, Campbell was asked about it, and he was uh, talking about that that decision coming back to haunt him because he said the players did everything to win, and he's the one that cost him. So, uh, yeah, it's a nice admittance, I guess, right? But he's been pretty consistent with that the whole way. Well, he gets a chance to redeem himself this Sunday, this time at Ford Field instead mm-hmm. of U.S. Bank Stadium. Uh, it's going to be a 1 o'clock start. Surprise, surprise. It's been easy to schedule Sundays all season. <laughs> so the Lions, the first game is 28-24 loss. A yep. lot of it went on Campbell's shoulders. A lot of questionable decisions. The Lions were in it the whole way. And we didn't know at the time, you know, that was only week three, that this was going to be, they're playing a Vikings team that would eventually be 10 and two have yeah. already clinched the NFC North, you know, they're rebuilt. Oh, they, almost, almost. Yeah, all right. They've the lions, <laughs> the lions can what door me them, right. They, the lions can get to 10 and sure. seven and they, and sure. as long as the well, Vikings lose their well, next five games. Yeah. Vikings, Viking, a Vikings win or a lion's loss gives the Vikings the division. Yeah. So, but we're, we're not there yet. Uh, can I tell you something that irked me? Uh, listening to a Kirk Cousins press conference oh, at the beginning of the week. Oh, well, well, hold on. It wasn't Cousins. It wasn't Cousins. It was a reporter. The reporter said to Cousins, will it mean more to win the NFC North uh, being in your in your home state? And not, not, not like, or basically where he said like, or she said, like when you win it, will it mean more? Like basically implying that it was an inevitability that they were going to win it. 
traditionally defeating you know the lions losing a game that was like pivotal to another team what was going to happen yeah it's probably not so true this time this year i uh i was a bit surprised that they were basically like saying hey you're gonna you're gonna walk away from this game with the uh with the title and then you start reading some of the vikings media and you understand where this is coming from like they are uh, they are very like i don't, I don't, I don't want to say confident i mean, I mean they they're should very be... tribal about their team well they're 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 almost like dismissive of that this is even going to be a game uh one of their players um geez i'm blanking on it rieger the guy they traded for from philly rieger guaranteed a win right uh mm-hmm. today like and the and the media is talking about like like it's inevitable in inevitability like they didn't lose the last time they were in Ford Field or like they didn't go down to the wire and it was a Dan Campbell error that cost them the game like they're I, I it's it's crazy how dismissive the 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 air the energy is coming out of Minnesota because the energy coming out of Vegas is not dismissive right. They uh, started the week as uh, well. Look, two weeks Lions ago, opened as one point. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Two weeks. Two, ago. two weeks ago, the, the Vikings were favored by three. Um, then it, it went down to one after Sunday, and the, and the Lions were underdogs by one. The next morning, the Lions were favored by one, and by the next afternoon, the Lions were favored by two and a half. Now, yes. There's a lot of Lions fans betting there's on the a game. Lot of, That's, there's a lot of betting going on in this state now. Yeah. <laughs> well, but here's the thing. I don't care it's how probably many. Probably not enough to move the line that not, much. To move it three and a half points? Right. Right. That is not that's not just betting and it's not just lions betting. If it is, if it's, if the, the majority of the movement is because of betting, it's because there's other people looking at this and saying that doesn't make there's any sense. Val- yeah. There's right? value here to, and it's beyond, lines. it's beyond Detroit. And so I, it's weird. Like they seem very prime. Like they're almost like they've got the Minnesota almost has like tunnel vision. Now maybe the team doesn't, but the media does. And then when you start hearing we, these comments, like that, they're going to win. And I don't know, it just, it's going to be, I, I feel like they could be setting themselves up, uh, for a potential problem because it's not like the lions are a pushover. Um, man, I'm telling you like some of these articles I've read were like, yeah, sure. The lions won four of the last five, but the Vikings have won nine of the last 10. So, you know, they don't really have as much momentum as the Vikings do it. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Watch a game, watch how the game's played. And then you can talk about how you're winning because right now it's not just, it's not just the bet line. It's not just, how the fact that you're winning there's a bunch of other things and the look at dvoa right now the the lions dvoa they're 13 on the season the vikings are 20 on the season on offense they're 18 uh lions are nine uh 19 on defense they're 19 on defense right now the lions like the lions offense is nine the, the and the and they're going to be matched up against uh, a Vikings defense that's 18 right like they're almost across the board 
it, the the DVOA is in favor of the Lions. The only spot that it's not is the Vikings run offense versus the Lions run defense. That's the only DVOA measure that favors the Vikings in this game. Everything else is slanted towards the Lions. They can run better on offense. They can run. They can pass better on offense, and they can they can cover the pass better on defense according to efficiency numbers. This is right. a. This is a team that that is finishing, but they've they're it's one of these things where it's like, when's the bottom going to fall out on on this luck? And maybe it won't. Maybe they'll just keep getting lucky all the way to February. Or maybe it's but if they keep getting lucky all the way to February, it's not luck. It's right. They know how to pull it out. And no, you know, a yeah. lot of people can point that it's not it's not all luck. But like how we talk about this Lions team. Water does find its level. You know, the sure. Lions have obviously been streaky this season. They were mm-hmm. terrible to start. Now they're riding high and mm-hmm. they're they're gonna probably come back down to earth at some point. And you expect you probably can expect the same thing out of the Vikings. Yeah, look, I don't yeah, I don't want to discredit their play too much. I'm just I man, I am reading these the I, I'm I'm researching this team and I'm getting irritated by the stuff that I am reading like and, and like watching and like okay they absolutely deserve credit for winning and they've been in nine one score games they've won them all that does mean something that that's not yes. all luck you know no uh, no I agree some of it is and some yeah, of it some is of it because is. you the they're they're making plays when it matters right the last team we talked about that was making plays when it matters at the end of games was the Giants. And water has found its level with the Giants a little bit now, right? Mm-hmm. We're starting to see that happen. Um, and I, I do think it will come to toe for the Vikings as well, but they may have done enough to just to, – that they're going to be in a good spot, right? Yeah, well, um, they have come, 10 come win. they're a playoff team. They're making right. the playoffs. They're, they're going like to make the playoffs and yeah. they're going to they're probably going to host a game, right? I, I mean, 90 whatever, 99% chance of them hosting the game, right? So like the it seems inevitable. Um so they're going to be in a good spot. They've done a ton of work to get to this spot and they found ways to win. Yes. But are they as good as their record? Oh, man. I I not from what I see, right? Like I just they have Look, do they have talent? Yes, they have talent across the board. And they have guys that are playing extraordinarily well. But they also have weaknesses. They also have a uh, a defense that is statistically bad. Um, and they play this bend-don't-break style that will eventually break. And they've found a way to make it not. Um, but... Eventually, like you said, water finds its level, and and why not this week? Because I don't know. I, I've been this game is frustrating me on so many levels, and like I'm looking at this, and I'm just like, they shouldn't, they shouldn't be ten and two. Like it they, they really should. have to make sense. It, oh, absolutely. But this has got the Giants game feel to it for me. Like this feels like, the, except they're home. Right, and this crowd is going to be it's a raucous crowd. It's getting bigger. It's getting louder too, and you, the, this team is getting the lines are getting healthier, and they I, look. This is a Lions team that has changed and evolved. 
This is a Vikings team that hasn't really changed because they haven't needed to, because they've been, what they've been doing has been working, right? So this is very much the same team that we saw in week three. This is not the same team, not the same Lions team that was there in week three. And um, I think that's what most Vikings fans and writers are expecting. And um, we'll see where it goes. All right, let's uh, take a look at the rosters. First, the roster up in the booth. It's going to be on Fox. Kenny Albert, Jonathan Vilma, and Shannon Spake. There, That's our uh, announcer crew. Uh, referees Ron Torbert. Yeah, he's a he's a veteran. I don't have anything negative to say about him. I think I got all my referee negativity out of the way uh, previously. Um, I didn't look his stats up, though. I probably should have done that. Um, I can do that. Has he done any there's... Lions games this season? No, not that I, I think recall. so. Yeah, this is the first time with this with his crew. Yeah, he. Um, let's see what I can find here on him. Uh, you can. Is there anything? What else do we have? Are we just going to jump in? I was going to jump um, right into Kevin O'Connell's offense. All right. Um, all right. Let me look real fast. His he is throwing about. A little under eleven penalties a game, so it's below league average. Uh, about a, yeah, about a, a almost a flag and a half below average. And then sun, Sunday's game, there wasn't a ton of penalties uh, on either Lions side. Had, Lions had Lions, one. Yeah, Lions had one, but the Jaguars didn't have a ton either. Well, but Bo, Boger's a great ref. five. Yeah, five for twenty-four for the Jags. Only yeah. six six accepted penalties in the game. So hopefully, we have that. You know, it's a I like a nice crisp game. It's better when there's not any penalties. Let it let let them play. Yeah, right. I look. I think Boger is one of the best referees out there who did the last game. Like he's phenomenal. All right. So the Minnesota offense. It all starts with Holland native, uh, turned Michigan State Spartan, and then he was a Washington Redskin. Now he's a Minnesota Viking. Kirk Cousins, who's, you know, if if you would have asked me. You, Back in 2013, you know, you, you go through Brian Hoyer, Kirk Cousins, and Connor Cook. <laughs> and then Andrew Maxwell's in there. We're not going to talk about Andrew Maxwell. But, you know, those are the, the, the that's your, your three Spartan starters. And it's like, okay, one of them is going to be a career backup. And one of them is going to be an NFL starter and, you know, a top 10 MVP candidate, maybe one or two of those seasons. Mm. And then another one, he's going to make one start in his career. It's going to be in a playoff game, and he's going to totally wash out of the league. <laughs> I, would, I would have definitely said, well, I guess Brian Hoyer is going to play one playoff game and totally wash out of the league. <laughs> and Kirk Cousins is going to be the career backup. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Connor Cook, Cook yeah. is going to be a top 10 MVP candidate sure. and, a, and, a, and a 14-year NFL starter. Boy, mm-hmm. was I wrong. You know, well, like, I think most people would have thought that too. Yeah, they, they would have probably lined it up the same way. You know, Cousins, he's he's had quite a career on his hands. And uh, he's not, you know, he's he's not at the top of NFL quarterbacks, but, you know, you'd certainly I mean, take him if you're staring at, well, we need a quarterback next year. Here are some guys that are available, you know, and if it's Kirk, you know, Kirk Cousins, he's only going to be beat out by seven or eight guys. Well, look, Washington drafted RG3 in the first round and he's up in the booth now. Right. Like, right. Like it's uh, he, he has overcome the odds. 
Uh, well, certainly. and that, see, and that's and that's the thing. Like that, that's another part of it. It's like how it ends up working out for you. You know, mm-hmm. it's with 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 cousins. It seems that being drafted by Washington in the fourth round when yeah. they draft RG three at pick number two mm-hmm. is kind of the perfect situation for him because, like, mm-hmm. it seems like this is a guy who wants to compete and he craves to compete and he's not going to be let down by this this fact that's like okay well they obviously like this griffin guy better i better mm. just suck it up and learn to become his backup mm-hmm. you know and that's sure. that's probably what helped him become successful it's certainly something that helped brady become successful because yeah. you know brady was drafted and uh, drew bledsoe's the starter and you know yeah. and brady didn't let that get to him like yeah I'm, though i'm just gonna have to learn to be drew bledsoe's backup and that's just not the way you prepare and then there's a whole lot more than that but i know that psychology does have that, that has a sure. big, big part yeah. of it he is look he is highly efficient he hasn't needed to be as good as he's been in the past couple of years so i think is he's down in as far as an efficiency standpoint um, but it, the winds are up, right? Because I think they've kind of dialed things back a, a bit with him. Um, he is, uh, he's doing, look, the, the team loves him, right? I mean, those players love, love him to death, right? Like you've seen the videos where they, with, in, on the airplane with his no yeah, shirt and yeah. they're throwing chains on him and stuff, right? Um, he's got some goofball to him. <laughs> that's all right. Um, yeah, no, that helps. No, it does. Yeah. <laughs> um, here's the thing: as a player, if you give him too much time, he'll carve you up, like most top half of the yeah. league NFL quarterbacks. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's that's part of it. Um, he is. You can't blitz him all the time because he'll adjust to that. But if you were strategic and when you blitz him, it has a big impact on him. Uh, his his PFF numbers efficiency numbers drop from like 80 to like 50 when he's blitzed. Right. Um, So I do think the lions who haven't been blitzing a ton will be a little bit more deliberate with it. They may only blitz like four five, six times. You know I mean? It's not going to be, it's not going to be like it was in week three when they were blitzing like 12 times. Uh, But I do think they're going to, they're going to have a couple dialed up for him because he does, he does, he is a little susceptible to it when, uh, when he's not ready for it. So um, beyond that though, he's a guy that you just have to uh, manage. Like he, he's going to get yardage. He's going to throw touchdowns. Uh, You just try and, uh, you know, slow him down as much as you can. But I mean, you're not going to do to him what, you have done to some like what you did to new york you know what i mean like i I go back to this giants reference here like you're not going to completely just shut him out of the game he's going to get his yardage that's just part of the deal 260 yards two touchdowns against the lions way back in week three moving to the the running backs dalvin cook alexander madison we saw both of them back in week three as well Mm -hmm. cook 96 yards rushing over five yards per carry and a touchdown that was at a time when the Lions' run defense was a lot worse than it is now, but Cook's yeah. still a dangerous player. Yeah, and I th- I still think he's going to be the the one of the primary focuses for them. I think they're going to be worried about stopping him on the way to putting pressure on Cousins. I think they're going to be focused on him first. 
Um, the way the Vikings run their gaps or their uh, their zone scheme is they like to run outside of the tackles quite a bit. Uh, they run about a third of their plays outside of the tackles, and then they run another like I don't know, like twelve or thirteen percent in the a gaps, and um, that's the those are the big spots that they hit. And then um, so you you have to have linebackers that are free flowing. Right. So this is a big Malcolm Rodriguez, Alex Anzalone type of game, even Derek Barnes, if you can get him back on the field this week. Uh, Those linebackers are really going to have to be efficient. Uh, If they decide to go to the gap, the A gap, I mean, Aleem could play a big role. And then you're going to need the ends to be, um, you know, they're going to need to set the edge. So they're capable. These are all things that the Lions have been doing recently. So if they can continue to do these, they can, you know, they can slow the run game down. Uh, Cook is just, you know, Cook's highly talented, but can they keep him under 96? I think they absolutely could. Um, I do think they're going to, they're going to focus on him quite a bit. Um, like a 70, 30 split with him and, and Matson, right? That's about what, what I'm guessing here from what I, what I, I can ascertain. Um, and Matson's a good, he's a good back too. So they're going to have to be, they're going to have to be vigilant in stopping the run all throughout the game. Wide receiver core, Justin Jefferson, who's, if you, if, if you look at, um, Amon Ross St. Brown mm-hmm. and say he's one of the top 10 wide receivers in the NFL, one of the guys that's ahead of him on this list would be Justin Jefferson. But as we remember, uh, he was held to three receptions for 14 yards way back in week three. Adam Thielen, yep. KJ Osborne. Osborne was the one who was the true danger to the Lions in that week. Um, yeah. With Rager, you mentioned Jalen Rager with his his guarantee comments. And mm-hmm. Jalen Naylor, the, the ex-Spartan, coming off the bench. Um, Naylor doesn't play more than a snap or two a game. I Rager, him, though. Oh, for sure. Rager only plays a snap or two a game as well. So he can take his 40 offensive snaps and guarantee a win all he wants. Uh, he He's their punt returner too. So uh, a bit of a far cry from his first round status. Uh, but yeah, Jefferson is is, is the prize uh, player on this offense. And, and it used to be Cook and, and Jefferson's the guy you have to account for. Uh, they ran a bracket coverage on them. And uh, I that's what you got to do. You have to you have to do the same type of concept on him. Okay, are, are they good? See, wouldn't aren't the Vikings waiting for that? Yeah, certainly. Because okay, you'd think they would. They, they they might have to put some wrinkles into into. Oh no, yeah, way. certainly. Look, you can't run it the whole time. You can't. It's just not. And they didn't run it the whole time last time either. They're gonna have to pick and choose where they run it. Um, but but let's also keep in mind that like again, the Vikings game. That's when Tracy Walker left. And they were, and they threw Juju Hughes on the field, and he was just looking like a deer out there. So, like when du- Juju was acclimating and Deshaun was up in the box, like they they weren't bracket covered, Gene, during those times, right? Like, so uh, they're gonna have to they're they're gonna have to do the same thing. They're gonna have to bracket them, but they're gonna have to do it. They're gonna have to be more selective about it. The advantage, though, that Detroit has this time that they didn't last time is that the the corners on the opposite side. Uh, of of Jeff Akuda are playing better, and so I w- actually might wouldn't even might not be surprised if they uh, put Jerry uh, on Jefferson and tried to bracket like uh, the coverage over the top of him, 
and then leave Jeff to cover somebody on uh, like Thielen, or I think Will Harris would probably be on Thielen, but like, I don't know. It'd be interesting. Like they, they have some options on how they can do it to kind of change things up. But I, I think regardless, you have to find ways to bracket Jefferson in order to try and contain him. So your back end's going to be focused on him. Your front's going to be focused on stopping the run. And then that's, that's your approach to shutting the Vikings down. Thielen is still a decent receiver, but he's obviously yeah. at this point on the back end of his career. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he made a big play against the Jets um, where they completely lost him in coverage. And that's a veteran move to get in space 40 yards down the field with no one even close to you. So uh, you, you do have to account for him. Now, here's where it gets interesting because this mm-hmm. player did not suit up for the Vikings in week three, but he's definitely somebody who's going to, he's, he's kind of an X factor in this game. And that is mm-hmm. X lion TJ Hawkinson mm-hmm. as the tight end who has produced for the Vikings over his five games with the team. I think he's averaging six receptions a game, uh, but but little over 40 yards, not a, not a deep threat, not a big yardage guy, but he's a guy Cousins has been looking to so far. And I don't know if there's a revenge factor for Hawkinson, <laughs> you know, because maybe as I call it, Campbell didn't like him. So that's, that's, <laughs> there's no proof behind that. It's just my, my feelings. <laughs> so maybe he's going to want to get a little revenge on, on Campbell and the light. See, and that's the other thing that we haven't really seen a lot of lately that the lions do struggle against a tight ends but they haven't seen a top-notch receiving tight end outside of Dawson Knox in the last several weeks. Evan Ingram last week, uh, right. he didn't do a whole lot. I mean, but he's not he's not he's as elite not as he as he used to be. Okay. Yeah, not not as good as he used to be. Um, they've actually done a pretty good job of of containing tight ends, which was a weakness at the beginning of the season. Right. Uh, it didn't matter if they were elite or not; they were those tight ends were were making noise. Um, in fact, I, the less elite you were, the better. For some reason, <laughs> um, I, I am I am kind of expecting like uh, if you watch how they utilize him, it's very similar to how the Lions did, where he's not their priority, and he's well, he more of like a, a, well, right? But but I mean, like the Lions never used him as a priority, even though he probably should have been. Uh, but the Vikings mm-hmm. don't use him as a priority either because they're looking to push it um with like Jefferson right and, and Thielen and so um I thought Hawkinson's blocking looked better uh I think that's something they'll have to be conscious of and um but most of his routes are like we're in that like intermediate zone he, he, the Lions I think cut him loose a little bit more down the field um but yeah I mean like this th- he definitely feels like a guy who's could get a touchdown, right? Like, I mean, that seems the, like the way things work. Um, I'm not exactly sure how they want to account for him. I do think Will Harris uh, makes a lot of sense because he's big and physical. Um, but I also think they could put uh, like a like a Rodriguez uh, up against him as well and um, and, and test him that way. Uh, some variety. But again, I think they're the Lions' defensive focus is going to be on stopping Cook and stopping Jefferson, and and Hawkinson will be in the mix there. But I don't think they're going to be, uh, you know, expecting him to get a, a heavy workload, other than if the, the Vikings are trying to like you know feed him because it's his former team. 
Offensive line left to right, Christian Darasaw, who's listed as questionable currently. Ezra Cleveland, Garrett Bradbury, Ed Ingram, Brian O'Neill. This is a group that only surrendered one sack to the Lions in week three. Once again, much different team. Yeah, Darasaw is uh, dealing through uh, – he's dealing with a concussion. Uh, the con- he, he missed last week with the concussion. He was limited on Wednesday, which is typically a good sign that he's going to be able to return. Uh, he's playing at a high level. And so um, he's their first round pick from a year ago. Uh, he will draw Hutchinson quite a bit. And that'll be a, a, an awfully good matchup between the two. Uh, on the opposite side, O'Neal will draw either Kamitsky or Pascal. And um, and again, I think it's another good strength on strength matchup. McNeil will be up against Cleveland, who is playing better. Uh, Bradbury, their center is going to help out as well. Uh, and then their weakest offensive lineman is rookie Ed Ingram, who will be faced up faced up against the Lions' weakest uh, defensive lineman, and uh, either um, Bugser or Benito Jones. And so, it's that trench battle is really going to be a strength on strength, weakness on weakness, pretty much uh, spot for spot. All right, flipping over to the defensive side of the ball, uh, their front line. It's Dalvin Tomlinson, Harrison Phillips, Jonathan Bullard, Danell Hunter, Zadarius Smith. Here's, you know, all guys that will be on the de- defensive mm-hmm. line. This group did not generate a sack against the Lions, but you could also chalk that up to the good offensive line, the solid mm-hmm. offensive line of the Lions. Yep. Um, and, and so it is a three, four. So those are the, those are the, uh, the five guys that, but they don't stay in that three, four often. Uh, most of the time they'll use the two interior linemen and um, then they'll utilize the two pass rushers who, who don't leave. They're always going to have two pass rushers on the field. Um, Bullard is also hurt and didn't practice this week. So um, it's possible that they just keep they limit themselves to two interior guys and just run a four-man front which like they did a lot against the jets um hunter is a and and uh, zedarius are, are awfully talented right and so you, you the lines will have to be conscious of them and but again you're putting them up against two very good tackles and um it's another strength on strength Phillips is playing better. He's starting to look more like he did in Buffalo. Tomlinson, I still think, is a little bit overrated uh, for what he does, but they're really just asking him to be kind of a nose plugger. And so um, he's good at that, right? And if they can – I still think this is an advantage that the Lions can walk away from uh, because their offensive line is playing so well. But this is a – it's a talented front, and and and, uh, it'll be a very – important battle uh on a down-to-down basis second level the defense eric kendricks jordan hicks yeah they're okay kendricks is better um you know he's on the backside of his career though yeah um and i think he was better in a four three than he is in this three four uh it just puts him in a different spot than i think he's used to he still tries to fly around the field a little bit but um He's not the Kendricks that he was a couple years back in that 4-3. Defensive secondary, Patrick Peterson, Shandon Sullivan. Those are the corners. Harrison Smith, Cameron Bynum, the safeties. Uh, Peterson's playing rejuvenated, right? Like I think right. he's, he's even a lot. ripping on uh, 
ex-quarterback teammates of his. <laughs> Kyler Murray, um, right? Yeah. He uh he is in very much in the twilight of his career, yet he's playing right. better than he has in the last half decade, I feel like, honestly. Um Sullivan is he's that inside outside player that you're starting to see more and more defenses lean on. Um their their outside corner Cameron Dantzler is on uh IR. They returned him to practice this week. They also think that he's far enough along he might be available for the game, which means that he might find the field. If for him to come off of IR, practice three practices and then start and play like a whole game, I think is unrealistic. Yet from what I read, that's what the Vikings fans think and the writers think. They're going to like, oh, he's going to come back and it's going to be great and you're going to have 100 And I don't know. He's not going to have 100% of the snaps. It's not how it works. Um, but he's he's a, he's a better corner than um, a Caleb Evans, who their rookie, who's been having to start in his place. So they're going to get a little bump in the secondary. Uh, Harrison Smith is also in the twilight of his career. Bynum is a young uh, player who's, you know, playing well, but the secondary is more vulnerable, right? And uh, even though Peterson's playing better, what are you going to do? You can put Peterson on Chark and, and then what, right? Like, I don't think they're not going to play matchup football uh, against the Lions. They're going to run that Fangio shell that they've, that they've run in the past and they're going to try and keep everything in front of them, and they're going to let you throw the underneath ball and then try and stop your yak. Well, look, St. Brown's going to f- going to feast on that if that's if that's what you want to do. He's going to catch, you know, he's going to end the day with twelve catches for one hundred and twenty yards, right? It's going to be something along those lines, right? Um, and if you can run off that shell and expand it, it's just going to open up more underneath for him as well. So. I am expecting Chark to 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 do some stretching uh, of the field. I do expect them to get Jamo in there and try and hit, get him to stretch some of the corners. But there's there's holes in the shell when you can stretch them, and I fully expect the Lions to try and put their speed on display, and then just death by a thousand cuts underneath and just pick them apart down the field and try and establish. Look. The defensive front is good, but they're vulnerable to gaps, the gap style of, of blocking. If you try and play them head up, they're gonna they're gonna get you a lot of the time. But if you run that gap style of a run game like the Lions run, then you you can you can assert your power against them. If you're running laterally, that they have the athleticism to move laterally with you. If you want to play them head up, they're gonna have the athleticism to do it. But the gap style offense that the Lions run is conducive to success on the ground. Then if you can stretch the shell with the, with the wider with speed on the outside, you are going to not only open up potential gaps in the run game. You're also going to open up potential gaps in the slot and over the middle for, for St. Brown. And if you want to curl one of your other outside guys in there. And so this is actually a defense that I don't think matches up very well with what the lions have the potential to do right now. And that's where I think a lot of, a lot of people are kind of overlooking um, the, the how stylistically I think the lions match up very, very efficiently uh, against this against this Vikings defense. One guy you didn't mention who had a Mm -hmm. big game against the Lions back in week three, Michigan man, Josh Metellus, 10 tackles and an interception. 
Mm. Uh, and I believe Harrison Smith didn't even play. And it was all Mattel. Or yeah. he got hurt early and Mattelis yeah. had to take over. Yeah, Mattelis has basically been relegated back to like safety three, but they've really only been using, they've been using more three corner sets. And so they, you haven't, he didn't play much last game. He hasn't played a whole lot, but when he plays, he's been good. He just hasn't really played a lot with, uh, with, uh, Smith and, and Bynum. Moving over to the kicking game, the special teams. Kickers Greg Joseph, who is not as solid as Michael Badgley has been for the Lions, Mm-mm. but mostly because they do trust him in 50-yard-plus yeah. kicks, and he's only two of seven. Otherwise, he's nailed every field goal inside of 49 yards. Yep, he made one last week from 51 or something like that. But, yeah, he's missed five on the season. He's also missed five extra points on the season as well. So A um, little shaky. Little, yeah yep didn't he miss an extra did he miss an extra point back in week three ah uh, good that's a good question no he didn't miss an extra no he got he had all four extra points he missed both field goals oh. so they were both 50 plus yard field goals punter ryan wright um 43.3 yards per kick net uh 47 mm-hmm. yards gross uh that's 20, pretty good. Half the time he's inside yeah. the 20 yard line. Yeah. Not it's bad, good. not great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. All right. Return men, uh, punts. You mentioned Jalen Rager and uh, kicks. Uh, the third string tailback, Kini Naguanu. Uh, he's averaging 28 five yards per return and one TD on the season. Yeah, I'm more scared of uh, Nguanu than I am of Rager, uh, and not just because of his smack talking. <laughs> and you're really mad at Jalen Rager. <laughs> no, I'm just I, I I don't know what it is. Well, I everything I I my I, I've got my hairs up this week. And long snappers Andrew DePaula. So if you're got a lot of extra cash, maybe you can you find him on uh and start DMing him and asking him, you know, to give him a few hundred grand to blow the game because you know the long snapper can change a lot, right? It can really change the outcome of a game. <laughs> you know, I'm serious. Like, you, if you wanted to fix an NFL game, you're not mm. going to go find Kirk Cousins or Jared Goff. They make too much money. You wouldn't be able to give them enough money to, like, make it worth their while to be fixing it. And they have too much to lose. Whereas the yeah. long snapper, you know, he's making the veterans minimum, you know, however many years of service yeah. he has in the league. And, I mean, maybe not this Lions-Vikings game, but maybe a big playoff game. You could you could float enough cash at him to get him to fire the ball over the punter's head and out of the back of the end zone, or maybe it's a little (laughs) closer to midfield where he fires it over his head and somebody gets to run it down and return it for a touchdown. Likely not going to happen on Sunday. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I would bet against it. Um, You know, I'm I'm looking over the IR here, um, and I uh, I forgot completely that Lewis seen. Their uh, their first round pick, who many wanted the Lions to, to pick Lewis Seen. Yeah, he's on uh he's on IR and he's played a total of two snaps this season. Uh, it's uh it's been a season to forget for him. Uh, and so you feel bad for the young man, but um you don't feel bad for the Vikings. Right, and you know hopefully he has bounced back next year. Hopefully as a Except for against the Lions, you're right. But hopefully he's like <laughs> Jeff Akuda, where he's has mm-hmm. some rough injury luck, and then things finally start to turn around for him. There you go. 
All right. So speak, you, you mentioned betting and I was yep. talking about fixing games. I guess we should talk about who do we think is going to win on Sunday. Well, here's, we both picked the lions last week and despite the lopsided score, we were still within one point of each other again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as has been the case with those one point differential scores, you pulled out the win again. Uh, you are the Minnesota Vikings of this podcast, winning the single score games pretty And I'm getting lucky doing it the whole way. <laughs> we need some regression to the mean. So um, you have a, a pretty nice lead on me, four to seven with the tie. Uh, and so I need to be able to make up a couple of wins here over these last couple of weeks to make it competitive. Uh, so I'm going to allow you to go first, as is our custom. Uh, but I, I kind of know where I'm going anyway. So I'll let you, you uh, take the floor here. You're closer than you were last year. You're, you're within oh, yeah. striking distance. You know, like <laughs> I had, I probably was like the Vikings last year and had it already locked up by, by week 12. Oh yeah. Last year I, it was, it was a disaster. Like we, so for those who haven't listened to the podcast for the, the years we've done it, um, Joe won the first season and then we tied like the next three. Right. And then, and then you pretty much handled me, I think last season. Right. Uh, and, and it wasn't even close. You were and too that, po- you, that, that was your fault. Well, obviously it's your fault because you lost to me, <laughs> but you know, on top of that, like you're too optimistic when it came to Patricia. That's like, true. The team was That's terrible. True. And there, there was, well, there's no way. Yeah. Wait, no, last season. That's last Campbell season. season. You yeah. still, you're no, but I was mystic. Yeah. <laughs> and for like, well, this team's still bad. They've got a long way to go. Yeah. And I they, can all, and, I, I'm always ahead. looking for the angles on how they can win. Right. Yeah. And so you that's, always I, would see it and say, like, I talk well, myself what the into Lions it. have. And if mm-hmm. they do this, this, and this, they're going to win. Be like, yeah, that's great. <laughs> it's possible, but it's unlikely that it's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. But it's my own fault. <laughs> this week, it's not unlikely. Um, okay. Lions are on a roll. Uh, although you, I've said this, the, the phrase once, I think you said it earlier, this is a regression of the mean game for somebody. It's yeah. either going to be for the Vikings because they're going to lo- finally lose a close game or it's going to be for the Lions where, oh, they've won four out of the last five, but you know, they're not, they're not steamrolling to 10 and seven. They're going to lose and they're going to you know, end up in that six, seven win range by the end. Um, and maybe six isn't the expectation anymore. It's got, I'm guessing at this point, the expectation is at least seven. Everybody's hoping for 10, right? That's mm-hmm. where we're at. Um, I think Lions have a little revenge on their, their mind from week three. They probably have a bad taste in their mouth for week three. They want to make up for it for Campbell because they like Campbell. Uh, I got, I, I'm going to go with the Lions again, which is mm-hmm. crazy. This is five weeks, <laughs> six weeks in a row now that I'm six picking in a the Lions row. to win. Yeah, and uh, but it, it's hard to pick against it. Like you said, the crowd's going to be great. They're going to be ready to go. They're healthy-ish. Yeah, I know they're healthy. As far mm-hmm. as the NFL yeah. team goes, they're rather healthy mm-hmm. at this point of the year. So, all right, I'm going to pick the Lions. Twenty-seven, twenty-four. All right. I'm not to the point where I need to play the game yet. Um, so I'm going to yeah, give yeah. the, I'm going to give the, the score. Right. right. I'm not going to prices right you this week. Um, I wrote my left. You're within three games. 
I wrote my score down ahead of time of what I thought it was going to be. So uh, if this comes back to bite me, then it'll be my own fault again for not prices writing you. But I want to be as accurate as I can. Um, I think they need to get the lead early. I think they need to close drives. Um, and and that's something the Vikings have been good at stopping. They've been good at stopping teams short. And um, I think the Lions are going to need to push through that in order to score. Uh, and they're going to need to score touchdowns and not just extra point or not just field goals. So I think the Lions are going to continue to close out drives. And um, I think this is another 30-point game for them. Uh, I'm going with the Lions 31 Vikings 28. How excited is everyone going to be if they do end up winning this game and pull the six and seven and they're and they'll still only well, be six and seven. Right. Because look, I mean, this is a Vikings team that just beat the jets and the jets are going through some issues at quarterback and the jets are, they're going to the jets next week. Right. So the jets are going to be um, potentially like rattled. Then they have the Panthers, which they should walk out of that game with a win. And so now a Patricia team should have walked out of that game with a win Mm -hmm. facing PJ Walker. And they did it like there's still landmines out there. It's the NFL. There's always, I know, I know, but the expectation is going to be that they can win that. Right. They'll probably Uh, be favored in that game. Then you have the bears who fields is going to be, uh, you know, a terrifying uh, adventure every week. You have to face him, but it's a game you beat and now you get them at home and you've already beat them. Your expectations should be you beat them again. And then it's Packers who are just Jordan large Packers for that last week. Well, look, I mean, it's probably not going to be Aaron Rodgers, right? Like, I mean, and so if they win this, look, if they win this game, I expect them to be favored the rest of the way in the, in every game, the rest of the way at jets. You think they'd be favored at the jets. They're favored. They're favored by two and a half against the 10 and two Vikings this week. Yeah. But at least they're at Ford field, but if they win this game and they will have won five of the last six and the only one they lost was to the bills. And they're looking at a jets team who is stumbling a hundred percent. I think that they, if they, if the Lions win this Vikings game, a hundred percent, they're going to go into that Jets game favored. Like what if the weather's bad, it won't matter. Mm-hmm. They got answers, I think, uh, for that. In my mind, look, I think this is a balanced offense that can that can play in a lot of the Jets defense is no joke. I mean, we'll break them down next week, but mm-hmm. I absolutely think if they if they win this Vikings game. They're going to be favored the rest of the the rest of the year. What if it's really terrible weather in Green Bay, frozen tundra? Mm-mm. Well, it might be. It's January, right? It's going to be January in Green Bay. It's going to be potentially ugly. Um, you you hope? We, yeah. That, well, that they, well, we the hope trenches, they win right? the next five and they'll be in yeah. the playoffs. But you know, we're everybody's a little too excited right now. I sure, think once again. Sure. Because just game. like when they were one and six, everybody was a little too down. There was no, it's like, they're still growing here. You know, it's sure. not over yet. No reason of now. Nobody's talking about firing Campbell. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. uh, that, that's evaporated right. for now. Uh, what if they right. have the th- bad three game stretches? Could be like, they got to get rid of this guy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, it, this is a game that I think a lot of 
that you you wouldn't be surprised if they lost. At the same time, I think people they're being sold short, uh, and except for in Vegas apparently, and uh, so I I think this is a like you said this is a opportunity for them to really show that they're for real and potentially expose the Vikings. Um, yeah, they a, exor- sorry. No, go ahead. They exercise more demons if they win this game mm-hmm. because they, they'll move to three and one in the division, which yeah. I can't remember the last time they were three and three or better in the division. Yeah. And maybe it's 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 sooner in the past. It's, it's probably one of the Caldwell years. They probably were. Hey, I was going to say fourteen or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a big one. Uh, I don't know, just pulling within a game of five hundred. I don't know. That's not really a demon. That they will. It's just showing win, they, that they, they can keep sustaining su- success. Yeah. Like th- this is a big. The forty to fourteen win over the Jaguars is the high of the year, mm-hmm. and this could be. It shouldn't be a trap game because it's the Vikings, but this could be a letdown game where like they're riding a little too high and now they got to get brought back to earth. If they can break through that barrier, that's another great sign. Yeah. And I, I they're capable, right? And that's the thing yeah, is sure. I think they've shown they're capable. Yeah, now well, they have, now they just have to do it. They're one of those teams. They've joined a, a class of a lot of the NFL teams, you know, where they can win any game. This team can mm-hmm. go on. They could beat anybody any week. Are they going to do that every week? Well, no, but they're they're they've moved up to that next level. Now they got to stay in that level and work on moving up to the next level. One more win, they will have doubled their win total from last year as well, right? <laughs> Which so, is great, but you know it's not really that much of a badge of honor. <laughs> no, but that but but look, before the season, that was something we were talking about. Is right, and as, I was sign as progress, right? Yeah, like, that, that's we're start. Yeah, yeah. We can see there's progress at this point. Yeah, we yeah. just need they need to sustain it through the rest of the year, and hopefully, we see even a little bit more progress as these last five games play out. All right, that's that's it. We got a couple more reviews there. Yeah, on I the saw Apple that. Podcasts app, which nice. is great. Uh, we got a bunch more reviews there on Spotify, so people are finding out about us on Spotify, which is good. Hopefully, that keeps going. And for those of you who have not yet reviewed and are just listeners, that's great. We we appreciate you listening. Yep. Thank you. I it's, it's nice. Like I said, uh, I've said, we've said this before. It's, it's nice when, even when people update reviews, cause it just keeps things fresh. And, and I, I went through the feed um, last night or the night before just typed in Detroit lions into the podcast and I did not realize there's even more sharks in the water of, of podcasts I've never heard They're of. They're piling up. And like, and so well, the they hear that, us that, do it. It's like, well, if those two idiots can do it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, if, they, if, if uh, the fact that people continue to, to listen uh, when there are more op- options, we it's greatly appreciated. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, and, and, and we're happy to do it. We're happy to bring you some lions talk and they thanks for listening to us. And that's, that's it. That's all we got. Let's see him beat the Vikings on Sunday. And until next time, let's go lions.